This is Talking the Walk, real people seeking a real God. We're back with another episode. Um, our format is shifting, as always. Uh, we're always fluid. We're always fluid. We're learning. What episode, um, do you, what episode is this? Do we're you know? on 14. This is 14. Yeah. That's a double okay. holy number. Yeah. Seems like only yesterday. Dies y cuatro. That's 14 sure. in Spanish. It's actually but oh, I'll let it slide. Ah, you're so right. I said 10 just, and 4. Yeah, I basically oh, like made 10 up. Four, like 10 like 4, like good buddy. Spanish CB talk. Okay. Yes. Um, let, let the Spanish go to me. Okay, all right. I'll <laughs> defer to our Spanish speaking expert uh, today, who is my wife, Hannah. Hello. Hannah Dignan. Um, uh, and we are going to talk a little bit about Spanish because uh, we're going to focus some of our discussion on. Guatemala and um, various churches down in Guatemala that we got connected with here in Champaign a right. few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hannah and I actually just returned from a trip down to Guatemala. My first time. My second time. Hannah's second there time. So she's been before. Tracy, you've been, I have been there. a couple of times now? I think only once. No, 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 no. I, I, well, I went once with the, with the medical brigade. And then I've gone down there to go to Chela for the... Uh, ESL school that we started down there and things like that. Gotcha. Okay, so two trips so far. Okay. So, um, so yeah, Hannah, um, uh, a nurse. Why don't you kind of uh, tell our listening uh, public a little bit about yourself? Okay. That's a pretty open-ended question. What do you do? <laughs> okay. What do you do? I am a registered nurse at the hospital in town here. Um, I have been a registered nurse since... 2014, so not very long, and I work on a trauma, med surge, cardiac, stroke what unit. Is, what is med sur- oh, medical mm-hmm. surgery? Yeah, medical surgery. Medical surgery? What? Yeah, okay. sometimes so- certain floors will only specialize in surge surgery, <laughs> and oh. then sometimes they'll only focus on medical stuff. So pneumonia. Oh, okay. And you They're both combined. Both. Yeah. Okay, all I right. I basically right. do everything, which uh-huh. is nice. Um, so, I don't know. So that's that's what I do. Okay. Cool. cool. Okay. So, um, in ba- in backing us up, when when did you first learn about any of the kind of uh, connections going on in Guatemala? I mean, what what You're started all me. that? You're asking me that question. Yeah. Didn't you know? Okay. Didn't you know? Well, I where was, all that started, or were you not? Years at ago, yeah, I was. I was at a conference in Washington D.C. with uh, an organization called Hope Worldwide. Uh, quite honestly, I had no reason to be there, but okay. uh, a friend of mine here uh, from our church who who is associ- you know tied in with them, he said, "This is a big anniversary conference. Why don't you come? You know, as represent our church or whatever." So I said, "Okay." So we went. So he couldn't go. So that's oh, he went there. too. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, and so anyway, uh, all right, I'm, I'm going to be vulnerable here, and, and and hopefully, you know, neither one of our listeners will pass this word on. But uh, sure, right. I was listening to someone speak, and thank goodness I can honestly say I don't remember who it was, but I was pretty bored. So I said, okay, I got to get up. I got to do something. I'm going to fall asleep. So I go to the bathroom. Okay. Okay. And then I'm hoopty doing and la di da and around, you know, kind of wasting time because it was (laughs) You're taking a long time to get back from the bathroom. And I bump into (laughs) this guy I had known from years and years and years ago, Walter Kutkowski, Mm -hmm. who happens to be kind of the ringleader who was starting up these things called medical brigades. To Guatemala and to Nicaragua and what's the other place? Honduras. Honduras, yes. El Salvador. And so, I mean, he had also, he'd been key in taking and building the hospitals and stuff in, in Vietnam or Cambodia, rather. Um, and, and so so he was shifting over to Central and South America. And so he, we, were, we started talking about it. And I said, man, we, we would love to get involved with something like this. Mm. 
And uh, so it was great. We had this great conversation and came back. I think the first time we sent um, two of our members, one who speaks Spanish, uh, which is uh, Jim Liavano, and Dave Tomlinson, who is here at our church, our deacon over benevolence and, and community outreach and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. We sent them first to check it all out. Right. Uh, and they, they just loved it. And uh, Jim, it's an incredible story if you hear him. He was, no one knew how bad spiritually he was doing until he took that trip. And he said that literally saved him. It totally wow. turned him around spiritually huh. taking that trip. And uh, so they came back, fired us all up after that, you know, pretty much uh, every year since then. And that's got to be five, six years ago. Right. Uh, people from our church have been going down uh, at least uh, once a year. I think the Hope Brigade goes twice a year. Yes. Yeah, right. Uh, we've got, a, I know Jim and his wife are going to be going down in August on the next the next trip down. You guys just got back, I guess, in February. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I've been going down and uh, it kind of spun off to another church in, in Guatemala, to Shella, Guatemala, which mm -hmm. is a, a mountain village, mm -hmm. city rather, not village, but uh, we opened up a, an ESL school there and a computer mm -hmm. training school there. Uh, to help people to get new job skills to better their lives, etc. Mm -hmm. But that's how it all got started. It was basically a boring speech that uh, <laughs> if I hadn't have gotten up and walked out, I never would have bumped into Walter in the hall. I guess he was bored too, right? Uh, yeah, because he was just out there in the hall, and I bumped, and we just, you know, we made this connection. And from that, uh, you know, so many things have happened from that sure. quote unquote chance meeting. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's great. So uh, maybe we could kind of uh, splice this up and and talk about the medical brigade thing first but then also i want to hear about the, the esl school oh and what's, um, what's happening there yeah I'm and the goings on check in with that but for the medical brigade okay so what is this thing could either of you two i mean let's well, all talk Hannah, about you it. just got back from it so what <laughs> so what is it so from a medical perspective it is a you know a group of either nurses, bilingual um, folks, people with just a good heart, doctors, mm. pharmacists, opticians, um, or optometrists. Mm -hmm. um, and they go down there and provide medical care to um, the members of the church that live in Guatemala City, as well as in Chilla and Esquintla. And then... Um, anyone that they bring so they can bring family members or they can bring their neighbors we have a few regulars who are also coming in um pretty much every medical brigade and they live maybe a block away from the church building so mm -hmm. um but it's providing medical care so they are triaged with vital signs just like mm -hmm. they would be in an emergency department mm -hmm. you know at a hospital here and then they tell the nurses, what their chief complaint is, what they need. Um, oh, and they have dental. I forgot to mention the dentist. Oh, yeah. yeah, there so were a couple of teeth he pulled. Was, yeah, there were quite a well, few that, teeth that, pulled. That's the standard dental procedure in Guatemala is just yank and crank. I mean, it's, really? it's pretty much, if you talk to the dentists that are from there, oh. that's because dental hygiene is virtually non-existent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, it's pretty much just yank them. Oh, I yeah. had a 16-year-old boy come up to triage, and he it almost made me cry a little bit. I mean, I think we don't know how blessed we are by mm. getting, you know, semi-annual teeth cleaning. And this little boy, I mean, he was 16, told me, he's like, I don't have any medical problems, but, but could someone teach me how to brush my teeth? Mm. Right. 
and he had never been taught how to brush his teeth. I mean, half of his teeth were gone. Mm. And, yeah. Mm. Well, that was the thing. We've taken down duffel bags full of Mm -hmm. uh, toothbrushes and toothpaste and and, uh, fluoride treatments. I I remember one time uh, one of the elders here at the church, Kevin and I, went. And, of course, we we speak no Spanish whatsoever. And we're, 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 you know, trying to teach groups, each of us, we'd have a group of 20 or 30 kids, children, teach them how to brush their teeth. And so it's all international sign language. Mm. And, you know, watch Do What I Do and, and yeah. trying to show them how to do it. And um, and then, you know, if we had a translator, we would talk through them. And mm. uh, it, it was it was hilarious, uh, just the, the things that were happening. And then we're, you know, we're rinsing and spitting uh, so they're trying to spit, but uh, yeah, they're, they're, your average Guatemalan four-year-old does not have the most accurate spitting skills. Right, and they're, uh, it's they're all having over fun you. with it. Yeah, yeah, it's all over you eventually. <laughs> yeah. dark, dark jeans slash scrub pants. Are yeah, just must. wear dark pants. <laughs> right, you'll be okay. Okay, so a myriad of you know medical services all provided for free. Yes, um, and then you know two members of the church down there and their their guests. Their their Yes. Um, is was is that a conscious choice? I mean, I know a little bit maybe of this to to not have it be like just just advertised across the city. Okay, hey, conscious free, like members of the church. Yeah, free clinic. Well, Come I in. don't know what it was like your trip when we went. Um, all day Friday was for just the community. Oh, I'm okay. sorry, I was wrong. Saturday was uh-huh. just for the community. We had a couple of different sites, um, and one of them when we went was actually up in a. Mayan village mm-hmm. way up in the mountains. We we were told we were the first Americans, uh, white people, Americans they'd ever seen, uh, wow. which uh, was, was, was just a, kind of a surreal experience. Mm. But then Sunday is for, there's a, there's a 600 member church that, that we kind of, we, we work with. That was for them. Mm. So, so Saturday, the community at large, Sunday, uh, the church and, 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 is that is that what you guys did, or what? How did you guys do it? So basically, the um, it's been a little different every year that I've gone, but I've only gone twice. Um, but both of them were geared towards members of the church because the mindset was if the members of the church were having extreme medical needs like their blood sugars were in the 600s and they could hardly take care of themselves how Mm. would they be able to then take care of their communities because we would only be there for three days um every six months i mean i would love to go back more but so the responsibility to help the community has actually been put back on the guatemalan church so Mm. that was the rationale behind um three days a week or three days that week having the medical brigade open up to the church and then their family members so that way they can get the medication they need they can get a medical exam and they can get um they can bring their family and friends and they can see the love of the uh members of the church down there but yeah, and then we are only able now to have it in the church building. Unfortunately, there's a lot of gang activity down there, and they mm. were getting so used to that Mayan community was getting mm-hmm. so used to having the medical brigade come pretty regularly that they were actually—it's really scary—but they were actually approached by a member of a gang down there and mm-hmm. asked 
you know, when are the, when are the medications coming back and right. when are those mm-hmm. people coming back? And so they decided because they didn't want to put any of the members of the brigade at risk that they would just bus the members of that um, church in that area to um, the Guatemala City yeah. Church, mm-hmm. which is about a three-hour bus ride. Yeah, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a pretty intense bus ride. I, I know that that also happened with uh, what they call the railroad community, yes. which is even more like a, almost like a shanty town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because the gang activity was so prolific there that they felt like it wasn't safe for the brigade workers to go in. Mm, uh, they right. did that for the first few years, and then after that they changed it. Uh, but I think something else is, I think it was a conscious decision, Bob, is when you look at the Bible and you study the Bible, and it talks, when, when the New Testament particularly, and, and the Old Testament talks about mm. serving the community uh, and serving those in needs, it's, it's almost, and I, I've never done a systematic study of it, but I feel mm. very confident in saying that 95% of the time is talking about the people of God. Mm-hmm. The members of the the family of God, uh, be it the Jewish family, uh, of course, in the Old Testament, or or the Christians in the New Testament, it's not mm-hmm. saying the community like we think Champaign Urbana our community. Mm-hmm. That's not saying you don't need to help or you don't you know use it's like forget those guys. You're not, not obligated saying, to do that either. Right, right. right. Yeah. It's just saying you take care of your own family first. In the church, the body of Christ is a family. Right. And, and and that's the way we would all be. I mean, if if I've got enough time, effort, and energy to to take care of three people, my kids are going to be first in line. Uh, and that's just the way my life's going to be. Mm. Uh, and, and so I'm not going to let my kids suffer while I take care of the kid people's kids across the street. Mm. But you also you think, well, you know, what kind of family of God would we be if we let our own brothers and sisters suffer, but we take care of the person across the street? Now, mm. if we can do both. And that's the goal. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first priority is members of the family, uh, members of the body. And like Hannah said, you know, like we always, when we would do it, we would devote certain days. Mm. Like what she's saying, to go to the church and bring your friends, bring your neighbors in. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like there's a test. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your Show your not, membership card. Exactly. Right. It's not <laughs> like that. But uh, I think that that was a conscious decision, too, of. It's, 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 you know, how can we not take care of our families? And that's kind of what opened up the door to, to the Shella ESL program hmm. was these are members of our family. Hmm. What can we do to help them beyond, like like Hannah said, a few days of medical help, which they right. didn't. I don't think the, the brigade's ever gone to Shella. Hmm. Uh, it's never been there. Yeah. So they weren't even. Sometimes I think they bust some people from there in, yeah. and they helped out. Yeah, that I just think happened. They're yeah. doing that pretty consistently right. now. Is busing the Chella Church in, and then they will go to church Sunday morning right. and worship with the Guatemala City Church. Right, but is that one of those things? And and I'm sort of having to, by way of keeping the conversation going, having to just dispel things that I've already heard each right. of you say about your trips. But just for sake of kind of getting out there and talking about it, yeah. is that one of the things that when you went it was easier to connect with this idea of having brothers and sisters in Christ down like that far away and in a completely different culture and different language and stuff. Or, I mean, how does, what was your experience like with that? Like going down there and meeting those people? Well, I think that it was definitely eye opening. Um, the first time I went, and then I think the second time I went, I had more, um, I knew more what to expect. Mm -hmm. The first time I went, I think I was more shocked. Um, I don't know. I was more shocked at how some of the brothers and sisters lived. Mm. 
and by brothers and sisters i mean members of the church down there mm-hmm. i was shocked at how some of them lived on so little i mean mm-hmm. They inspired me because of how grateful they were for whatever they got. Um, But I was just shocked at how some of them come in with, you know, no shoes on or with, you know, dirty clothes and their teeth are falling out. And they have just chronic pain issues coming Mm -hmm. from a nurse's perspective. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but... I know that from speaking with some of the physicians down there that a lot of them have fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. And fibromyalgia is really only caused by an unprecedented like, amount of stress mm-hmm. and that's placed upon your body. And then your body reacts by having um, extreme nerve pain. Mm-hmm. And that's how our family is living. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're up here, you know, we're wondering wh- how we're going to diversify our accounts, uh, you know, right, financially. Right. And mm. our family is not able to, they have so much stress that their body's basically mm. causing it a pain response. Hmm. It was so hard to see. And I mean, I think I cried every single day when I got home mm. to the hotel. Mm-hmm. So... Mm. Hmm. I don't know. That was kind of my first experience. And the second experience, I knew what to expect. And I knew how to love the people a little bit. Mm. Like, kind of, like, not cry every time I heard Uh their stories. (laughs) Hold back the tears a little bit. I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly what I'm at. I mean, like, what was your experience like there? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I tend to not be an extremely emotional well um, my wife will tell you i'm very emotional because i cry at movies and, uh-huh. <laughs> especially you know cartoons and stuff but whatever stupid stuff you know about, perhaps why am i crying perhaps right? zootopia right. this well, morning there was a little emotional part okay zootopia, i gotta admit but 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 be that as it may i mean it was just being thrown into very awkward situations and very bizarre thing like completely out of my element mm. um and and uh like what well, like one of my jobs, as I've already said, I don't speak Spanish, right? Uh-huh. So the way things are set up there, you would have literally 500 people waiting to see, you know, three doctors, a chiropractor, an optometrist, and a dentist. Uh-huh. You know, that's, that, that was your staff. You got 500 people showing up at 8 a.m., and they would go through, as Hannah said, triage, and they decide, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here, blah, 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 blah. There was one door that separated that crowd from where the physicians were. Mm-hmm. And I was the gatekeeper. <laughs> I was the one that said, oh, the only people that they only come through that door when it's their turn. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I would always have a translator assigned to me, but bless their hearts. I did not always have a translator there because they tended to, you know, have the attention span of a yeah. three month old Jack Russell Terrier. They would just go off and I'm going, where did my translator I go? I really need you. I really need you here because I got these poor people coming to me going, you know, I got, please, 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 please. And, and I know they're saying, please let me in and I can't let them in. Mm. Uh, and, and, and so I'm, I'm just feeling completely out of it or I'm, trying to show little kids how to brush their teeth. Mm -hmm. I'm talking in English to someone who speaks English and Spanish. That someone speaks Spanish to someone who speaks Spanish and Mayan. That person (laughs) speaks Mayan to the little kids I'm trying to talk to in the Mm -hmm. first place. So everything I say has to go through two translators to get to the kid Mm -hmm. and then back 
and then back. And I'm going, this is mm-hmm. very awkward, very weird. I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm having fun. I'm laughing my head off because I just, at the, at the lunacy of, of what right. am I doing here, right? <laughs> um, and, but uh, so that was the first time. And, and the second time, like I said, it was more, uh, I felt like we were trusted more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second time we were there and then we were really trying to set up a school and trying to do something that I felt was going to do much more long-term good mm. than a weekend taking care of. So I'm not, I'm not trying to minimize what happens mm. that medical brigade, but the reality is, is they leave mm-hmm. and they're not going to get medical care for another six months, Six months, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's is if they can come back in six months. Mm-hmm. So I, we wanted to do something long-term and I felt much better, much better. There you go. That's Gordy right here. Mm-hmm. I felt, um, more useful because we were trying to set up something that could mm-hmm. truly give these people a better life right? by teaching them skills and uh, mm. things that they could be able to get a better job to earn more money to feed their families, et cetera, so on and so mm. forth. Mm. Right. Yeah. Especially because the minimum wage in Guatemala from what... <sighs> Armando. Armando. El Capitan. Our... Uh... Shout out, uh, Armando. Armando, if you're listening, and, and uh, who greetings. is Armando? He was our cab driver one oh, day. Oh, okay. Yes, when we took, a, we all knew that, right? When we okay. took, like, kind of a, <laughs> an illegal, not an illegal, no, but uh, don't even. It was against uh, Walter's rules of there are not no, leaving. There's nothing legal in Guatemala. Yeah, that's way. true. So no we went up a we went up a volcano, and this gentleman drove us, and he told us that um, it's about forty quetzales a day is minimum wage in the textile factory. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's pretty much that's a good job there. And what, what does that translate to? So in, in it's about seven dollars and forty cents yeah. per um, ten. No, oh, so per, you haven't done that. No, so it's <laughs> What's, uh, the What's the math here? I'll get yeah, I think it's. No, you get seven point four quetzales per dollar. I think that's what I was thinking. And then, so it's a roughly... So if you got 40 of those... It's basically like f- less or a little bit more than $5 a day. Yeah, and, five, five bucks a day. Five bucks a day. It's insane, it, right? Yeah, it's an, it's it's incredibly insane. And um, But if you can speak English and you can right. prove that you're proficient in English, your job, your pay can be at least three hundred, four hundred dollars more a week. Right. Is what I understand. Yes. I know it's, and then and then as as the school to teach English and then also to teach what we would consider basic computer skills. Right. I like mean, how to turn any, the computer any, on. You know, fourth grader or third grader would would know right. in our culture. Um, if you could do that, then it, it doubles as well more. If you just know simple word processing or spreadsheet, mm-hmm. how to manipulate those and, and work those. So. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's been going, what, for a few years, okay. the, the well, programs there? You know, the, the, the Inshella, we started a school there. And when I say we, it's, it's actually about, you know, 20 or 30 individuals who contribute to this thing every month. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. done by the church uh, as, as, a, as a program or anything. It's mm-hmm. put the word out there and individuals kick in, I don't know what it is, 20, 25 bucks a month mm-hmm. each. Um, to, uh, to, to to support this, we the church did take up a, a contribution to get the lump sum up front to set up the school, the, mm-hmm. the classroom and the computers and the equipment to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It, it had a rough start, mm-hmm. which we, we knew it would um, because we, no one had ever done it before in, mm-hmm. in, in our circles, you know. Right, and yeah. uh, the people that were going to head it up, 
uh, soon disappeared. You yeah. know, a lot of different things happening. Yeah. Uh, we've been supporting it for almost three years. It's been technically really going for about a year. Yeah. Uh, but since it's got up and running and really going, it's been doing awesome. That's great. And uh, to the point now to where uh, there, there, there's a plan now that within about three months or so, uh, we're going to just send them a lump sum, which will cover them for the next two years. Mm. That they will, that, which is what they've requested, and at that point they'll be self-supporting. Oh, awesome! Uh, so we're going to be communicating to all of the people who have been giving to it. You can stop, right? Uh, you know, they're because done. They're, because they're, they're not, good to go. Now they're oh. wanting to start another one in Guatemala City. Mm. Yes, but uh, actually, many of us here from the Champagne Church, because we support missions work in Europe, and, mm -hmm. and we particularly focus on the Ukraine and Eastern Europe. Uh, we're now working to start some of the same programs there. The computer mm -hmm. skills, not necessary. They've got that. It's English. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, our first one will probably be in Odessa, Ukraine. Oh. Uh, we have already been speaking with them. And uh, so, and I think it'll be done basically the same way, individuals mm -hmm. uh, to, to kick in and, and cool. to help teach English. But uh, Budapest, Hungary has requested it. Bucharest, Romania has requested it. So English is just in high demand. Well, you know, of... yeah, I, went, I asked them. I said, guys, I don't care what yeah. language. What you tell me, if it's a German, is it what French, yeah. is it what? Right. What is the language that if, if somebody knows it, it's the overall and in general the best. Everyone is English. It is the language of mm -hmm. commerce in the world, mm -hmm. of business, mm -hmm. English. So then I, I didn't realize it in, the, in, in Odessa. Uh, they have a weekly, not the, in, in the city there, they have a weekly English club. And you just meet Love it. to just speak to English, yeah. to, to, to learn. Mm. And people from the church, go there, the ones that know English, I think there's like four or five, uh, go there just to reach out to people mm. uh, because they can speak a little bit of English. Because it's in the, in the city, mm. everybody sees, yeah, I can, I can get a better job. I can support myself. Mm. So, yeah. So Makes sense. We're trying to make this transition from Shella, mm -hmm. who's kind of a test case. They were the prototype. Mm -hmm. And we're glad to see it up and running and doing well. It's going to keep going. We don't want to abandon it in any sure, way. Sure, sure. Uh, but we told him from the very beginning we want to do this in Europe. Mm. Uh, God hadn't opened the door for it over there yet. He's opened it in Shella, so let's do it here. Mm -hmm. uh, but now the door is opening there. And uh, so several of us you know, who, who, who are on that bandwagon, if you will, or have that heart, I think are going to be shifting our focus of trying to do this over there. Mm. Mm. So I got a question and, and maybe each of you have a different uh, approach to it because it relates sort of what you're talking about in terms of like kind of big scale, trying to set up programs and stuff. And then Hannah, your experience is, you know, on the ground volunteering and, and working with sure. people. But uh, what have, what have been some of the biggest spiritual lessons that you've gleaned from getting involved with, other people's lives in this way like like normally you could just go home get home from work turn on the tv uh go to bed wake up the next day go to work you don't have to involve yourself with people in guatemala right. way far away or odessa on the other side of the world so what are the types of things that you're learning and growing in spiritually by getting involved in other people's lives in this way well i think for me with my profession, I can become very calloused to people's struggles. Mm. Um, How so? 
I know well, a little bit about this, but I'm asking. Just, just so you're saying your profession as a nurse. As my yeah, as a nurse, I click can, in. This is business, you know. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. And I can go into what Bob will say, work mode. Right. Where if a person's you know arm is falling off, I'm really not allowed to just freak out. I'm supposed to be calm, cool, collected, so they don't freak out. Mm. And, you know, I've become very detached to people. If they tell me their pain is an 8 out of 10, I'm like, okay, whatever. And mm. don't really care. I mean, I do care, but I'm just very, uh, mm. I can be very callous and mm -hmm. just, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But you think then, more logical versus emotional because you've got a job to do. Is that Exactly. Yeah. You know, this is how I'm bringing home money and I don't myself want to be you know depressed or stressed out or anxious so you know mm. the way that we've learned is to just detach ourselves from the situation i mean we're still caring but detach ourselves from the situation there are a couple situations of course in my american job in which i mm. i get uh an emotional reaction to the situation but nine times out of ten i'm really just very like business mm -hmm. so when i go to guatemala uh the it takes me like maybe 20 minutes into triage. <laughs> That's about 20 people for me to start realizing like, wow, this is my family. And this is how this is how they're living. And they are so sick mm. and they have horrible health issues. And how do I, you know, wrap my mind around that? And how do I not become so callous? Mm and start you know holding their hand in triage and mm. telling them it's going to be okay and i mean it's it's hard it is very hard but it's mm. good to you know be able to be reminded when you go down there of why i became a nurse in the first place i mean mm. i have been a christian my entire college career and before college so i knew i was gonna use nursing eventually to serve god in some way not just mm. a way to make a paycheck mm. and i think that this is why i became a nurse is mm. to be able to touch people and um, hold their hands while they tell me how they lost their kids or how mm. they um are so grateful for the medical brigades because they didn't think they would be able to live another year mm. you know and things like that and that's Mm. kind of how I go down there and feel when I go down there and wrap my mind around it is this is my family and this is how this is what they need mm. Mm. this is what I need mm. so it's stretching you beyond um, you know uh, your your normal relationship with uh, patients but then right. I, I would think it would bleed over to other people I mean just mm -hmm. uh, you know the people around you I would think I don't know but yeah I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't know where you're going with that. But well, I'm, like I'm I, thinking about it's it. It's like you know, it's not just the patients in Guatemala you connect with and you're feeling that with, and you're in you're becoming less callous. But it's also it comes back to patients here. Oh yeah. In Champagne, um, but then also just the people around you, the people in your life. Right. It helps you become way more empathetic mm. and less. I don't know. I don't want to make myself sound like I'm a horrible, like, mean nurse. But it makes you... I need these trips every year. Huh. Let's just go with that. I okay. need these. Okay. That's good. All right. Cool. What about you? Well, it's... 
it's not just Guatemala. Uh, I think it's, a, it's an overall thing of, of traveling around the world. Uh, well, at least not around the world, but to Europe certain to certain places and stuff. And um, basically, I've come to the conclusion that everybody's the same. Uh, I mean, when you get all our differences, different cultures and different mm. uh, you know languages and blah 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 blah. That's such a there's such minute things mm. that ultimately everybody's the same. Everybody wants the same thing. They want to live their lives. They want to mm. they want to love God. They want to serve God. They want to feed their families. They want to pay their rent, and that's about it. You know, mm. and and I uh, it's it's helped me to to, to broaden my my uh, worldview in that sense, mm. and also I think to soften it. I, I think I've been open with uh, growing up, kind of you know, in Texas and the Cold War. Mm. Uh, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis was just a little bit after I was born. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, the whole Cold War business. If I have a prejudice, it's a deep-seated prejudice, is against Russians. Hmm. And that whole <laughs> Eastern European, I mean, basically everybody from mm-hmm. half of Berlin on, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, which now are some of my best friends. Mm. Right. And... Uh, and I, I, don't, like I, said, I don't know why I had that prejudice other than you always grew up just you can't trust those people. They're, right. they're the bad guys. They're the enemy, whatever. Uh, but then I go over there and, and, and I realize these people are just like everybody else. They're just like mm-hmm. me. And we, we'd be in Guatemala and we would have the fun. We would be laughing and howling and just mm-hmm. cutting up and having meals with people and having a great time with them. And I realize there's just nothing different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're they're very uh, impoverished, mm-hmm. and in, in my estimation, trapped in mm-hmm. that. There's no hope of getting out. Uh, if, if, if what it would take to turn the country of Guatemala around, if it started today, it would never happen mm-hmm. in the lifetime of the people that are there. Mm-hmm. It's that far mm-hmm. into the third, you know, into that mm-hmm. realm. But, but. Uh, you know, the, the people have a joy for life mm-hmm. and uh, a, gra- a gratitude. Yes. I love to go down and be able to help to do what we can. I feel like I can be a, a conduit to America. I've told many mm-hmm. of them, I said, look, guys, Americans got money and they want to give it away. To be <laughs> honest with you, they just we just need a place to focus. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and to, so it's going to do some good. Let me help you. But you've got to, you know, show mm-hmm. me what we can do mm-hmm. uh, type of a thing. And, you know, I mean, that's a little bit simplistic, but I was getting frustrated because they would not ask for help. Mm. <laughs> you know, they they were just, they were so timid and they, they needed so much, but they were so timid to ask. And I finally mm. would just have to say, come on, to ask, we're yeah. offering, <laughs> but you've got to tell us exactly what we can do here right. uh, to help them out. Mm. So, so, yeah, I, I don't get as close as Hannah because I'm not in the triage. I'm not a nurse. I'm you also not a don't doctor. speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. Hannah yeah. speaks Spanish. So, yeah, I don't get as close to the actual individual in the brigade. Hmm. I'm more in cloud, crowd control and mm-hmm. uh, errand boy. And all, and all of those things are important. You need that support staff for the medical professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the other things I can do mm. and just setting up, like you said, the big picture things. And organizing that and trying to set that up, that I can do. Sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's that's one thing that I do enjoy. But like I realize, people are they're just like everybody else. Hmm. You know, I, I have I, my you know raised the way I was. It was just 
uh, what do you call it, a xenophobe or whatever, mm. you know? It was just not a phobe, which would mean I'm scared. It was just xeno ignorant. Mm. <laughs> Is that a word? Xeno ignorant. You heard it here first. It's a word, it's a word now. Uh, just, just had no idea. Uh huh. Mm. And it's really opened my eyes. Mm. And I think that connects back to a little bit of what Hannah was sharing in terms of, you know, if you see that in someone else, you see, oh, they're like me. Right. You're you're able to connect with them and perhaps be there for them in a way that you would feel like I would want something. Like if I was stuck in this, if I was trapped in this, like you right. said, oh, man, what a relief it would be to hear from someone. It's, it's going to be okay. Like, like I heard many medical professionals on this past trip say that they that actually i i was filling orders in the back in the prescriptions and i took a few pictures of doctors writing down reassurance as they were taking notes i don't think they were meaning for the the pharmacist to prescribe reassurance <laughs> like i don't okay. think that's a prescription that they can fill it's not fda approved yeah <laughs> the the pharmacist is not going to go out and give them reassurance and sure, talk them sure. but in just their haste in writing notes, that was one of the notes that was frequently written was reassurance. It'll all be okay if you do, if you follow these steps. And, and that's a lot of times I think that's what these sure. people are wanting and needing. And okay. if that comes in the form of an IT school or, or ESL in terms of I could do better, then that's really helpful in the moment. I don't yeah. know. I think the education is important. They're yeah. probably some of the most compliant patients I've ever met. Hmm. Yeah, they actually right. do what you tell well, them, you to them to do. To do. <laughs> well, they're not going to WebMD and right. self-diagnosing. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. They listen to you. So, I mean, that, that's uh, that we probably need to wrap this up, but that, that's a, actually probably a pretty good segue that if any of our listeners are kind of wondering, oh, well, hearing a little bit about this, now I, I know a little bit more, how would I get involved? Well, we got people from New York, from Boston, from L.A., from Chicago, from here, from... I don't know other places. Tennessee, Colorado Springs. Colorado, right. yeah. Shout I mean, out people from all over. Absolutely. So, so there's not only opportunities to go and volunteer on one of these medical brigades. That's just hopeworldwide.org, and you can find the hope the Oh, hope what was that? W. Well, hope worldwide. Just Google it. Google that. Um, but then also Google knows all. You can yes. you can find it. But then also, you know, our church can be putting out informations, and you can find out information about how to get involved and linked up with these separate um, endeavors, like you were talking yes. about with Odessa. and Oh, the schools. Yeah, the these ESL. are the things where individuals just say, yes, I want to contribute to this. Right. And um, that's a great way to get involved and mm -hmm. to start that, that connection. Absolutely. And uh, if you have any questions, you can just email us. Yes, we have that, um, that open email, champagnechurch at gmail.com. And then we're also, you know, Facebook can reach out through Facebook as, right. yeah, you know, I've got this. I heard the the thing on the podcast Champagne about this. Church, yeah, on Facebook, yeah, right? We're, we're out there. So connect with us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys if you're interested in um, knowing more. And uh, we'll see you next time. Beautiful. Yep.